It's time for the NFL Playbook Podcast from SportsNot.com, the place to talk about this week's biggest stories and happenings around the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Evan Grote. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for the NFL Playbook Podcast, brought to you by SportsNot.com. I am Scott Goldbranson, along with my broadcast partner here, Mr. Evan Grote, and we're here to talk about NFL football with you. Evan, uh, another great weekend of football. I mean, every weekend with football is a great weekend. Let's think about that. But uh, the Bills up in your neck of the woods and the Dolphins, the Bills showed that they are, to me, the number two team in the AFC right behind the Kansas City Chiefs with uh, with their convincing win over the Dolphins. We talked about it on this show last week, of course, with Chris Perkins. Uh, I still got a lot of respect for the Dolphins. They're still going to be there at the end. But, boy, did they run into a little bit of a buzzsaw up there as Josh Allen is Josh Allen again. Yeah, he's he's playing great right now. And uh, that is one of the things I pointed out on last week's broadcast is the success that Josh Allen has had against Miami, now 11-2 and two in his career against the Dolphins. Um, after that, that, that first game that he had against the, the Jets, he's really – calm down. I think he's really taking some of the coaching that was given to him about, you know, not putting the ball in so much risk, making smarter decisions with the ball and not only the ball, his body as well. And I think we're starting to see that. And he's, he's elevating himself into the MVP conversation with the way he's playing right now, but it was definitely a, a dominating win for them. A lot of happy Buffalo bills fans, uh, some of my coworkers, my wife, my kids, <laughs> a lot of happy fans around here. Yeah, I would imagine. And he's he's right over there over your left shoulder, that Josh Allen character. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go around the NFL, too. Lots to talk about. And we talk about the AFCE since we're already there talking about the Bills, who clearly have the advantage now and in the driver's seat there. Uh, the Dolphins, of course, they'll lick their wounds. They'll be fine. But you look at Mr. Bill Belichick. Goes to Dallas. Biggest loss in his career. There's buzz. There's always been some buzz around Belichick. But there's buzz that uh, he might not necessarily be around next year. Now, I think he's he's obviously got to choose to leave on his own. He's not going to get fired. Kraft is not going to fire him, I don't think, ever in New England. But it certainly brings up, you know, where is this Patriots team? Where are they going? This, this historic loss for Belichick, uh, they don't have Tom Brady. They don't have the characters they had. They don't have a quarterback. Obviously, with Mac Jones there, not good. It sounds like he's lost all confidence in the young guy. So where does this team go? It's hard to know. The, the, the dynasty, if you will, was over a bit ago, but now it seems as though the Patriots kind of teetering on that, that edge of maybe becoming uh, the bottom of that division for several years to come. Yeah, it's something that we're we're not familiar with seeing as the Patriots struggle seeing the Patriots at the bottom of the division and in, in the standings. Uh, I th- I thought we would see a better version of Mac Jones than what we're currently seeing because he is now being reunited with Bill O'Brien, who was his coordinator back at Alabama. But it hasn't been great so far. Of course, he was he was benched in the game against the Cowboys, and. Uh, you know, he has, he is getting a lot of, uh, I, I did hear Belichick say that he is going to be the starter going forward. Bill O'Brien, I was reading some articles uh, with some quotes from him this week saying that those were some uncharacteristic plays that he made in that game. So they're going to, they're going to go with him uh, the rest of the year. There isn't going to be any kind of quarterback controversy according to what Belichick saw, but he's going to have to get better in a hurry because I was looking at the schedule. Also, the schedule doesn't do them any favors. They still have games left with uh, the with the Dolphins, of course, because they're in the division. 
two games with Buffalo. I see they play the Chiefs as well, the Saints, the Chargers, the Commanders. So there's some still some difficult games left on this schedule for the for the Patriots. Yeah, no question about that one. And I think that if you look at the situation there, that that East, I mean, you have the Jets and the Jets. Boy, they played well against Kansas City because you saw Zach Wilson. I know he's been, you know, Rodney Harrison on the air calling him trash, all this stuff. And, of course, you're in the vacuum that is New York. It's tough to play there. Uh, and, and so you see that. But the Jets, without Aaron Rodgers, who swears he's coming back this year, which would be remarkable if he somehow did. But uh, you look at what's happening with the Jets. The Jets seem, you know, they're playing a lot better than people thought they would after the loss of Aaron Rodgers, after the loss of your franchise quarterback, and Wilson seems to be playing well enough, um, this division's going to – I mean, look, the Bills are clearly the class of the division, but between the Dolphins and the Jets, an injury. Injury's always the great equalizer, Evan. You never know what's going to happen down the stretch, but I think this race, and I think one of those teams out of that division, maybe two, could be end up becoming a wildcard team. Yeah, and you're you know talking about injuries. That's been one of the big problems for the Patriots as well, as they've been just riddled with injuries. We, we saw them lose Matthew Judon for the next two months uh, last week, as well as their rookie cornerback uh, Christian Gonzalez, I believe. So uh, you know they they've got a lot of injuries to a lot of key players, and yeah, that is always the X factor. Uh, obviously, that's been the major problem for the Jets. I was happy to see uh, Wilson play a good game. I, you know, I was starting to feel bad for the kid, the way he was getting beat up in the media. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I was happy to see him uh, play a good game. He gave his team a chance to win. Uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, nationally on the radio and whatnot about the controversial call, the the, the PI uh, on, on Sauce Gardner. I didn't like that call there, to be honest. I think that the Chiefs get the benefit of a lot of calls. <laughs> think back to the Super Bowl. Think back to the Super Bowl, the, the holding call on, on Bradbury uh, that pretty much won the game for them. Uh, they're getting a lot of calls recently, I don't, and I'm not a big fan of that person. I wish the referees would kind of let them play a little bit, especially in big moments like that. Yeah, no question about it. All right, let's move to the AFC North because this this division – is really interesting. And you and I, when we were planning for the show, we, we wanted to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Evan, and with all due respect to my friends in Cincinnati, season's over. They're not going to make it. They're just yeah. not going to make it. I, I'm not saying Joe Burrow won't get, regain his form. I'm not saying Jamar Chase can't have a good season. But this team is done. They're 0-2 in the division. You look at Baltimore is 3-0 and in the division. And Baltimore's going into Pittsburgh this week. And if they win that game... Lights out. It's over. But I just don't see, starting with the Bengals, I don't see the Bengals recovering from where they're at because they went out, they made their offensive line seemingly better, they made their defense seemingly better, even though they lost Jesse Bates, which was a big loss, they made up for it, they drafted well, they have the best wide receiver room, I think, in, in the AFC, and can't get it done. Uh, Joe Burrow with that calf doesn't seem like it's it's 100% still. Now, it might be getting closer, and maybe this week in week five or week six, he's able to do what Joe Burrow does. He is only two of 22 of throwing the ball over 15 yards so far this season, Evan. Just terrible stats. And it goes to show you how important the quarterback is. But, aren't I mean, it's shocking to me how the Bengals have played so far this year. Yeah, I, and to me, it, it all comes down to the injury to Burrow. I mean, that's I know yeah. the defense hasn't been as good as they were hoping it would be uh, at the beginning part of the season to try to get them through this rough patch as, as Burrow gets healthy, but the injury is just devastating to the offense. 
one of his greatest strengths is his ability to his mobility. He's a mobile guy, not quite as mobile as, as like a Patrick Mahomes type, but he can make plays within the pocket by, by extending the plays. And he's just not able to do that right now. And teams are blitzing him at an extremely high rate compared to what they have seen um, in, in past seasons. And it's, it's being very effective against them. Um, I believe he's on pace. I was reading an article in the athletic he's on pace right now to be blitzed 47 more times than he saw all of last year. So until they, <laughs> until they can do something to, to stop teams from doing that, to make them pay for blitzing, they're going to continue to see it. So it, it's going to, I, and again, you mentioned how healthy is he right now? Will he eventually get back to hundred percent? If he doesn't, this this could continue for this offense. And so they just gave him that massive contract in the offseason. Not that it was a bad contract. Obviously, he's worth all of that kind of money. He's a great player, uh, one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. But the injury is just taking away some of the things that he he does so well. Yeah, no question about it. And I think that you you look at that situation with them and, and you feel for the fans, right? Because uh, this team was supposed to be such a, a juggernaut. I mean, I listen, I, I'm not kidding you. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl and um, they have not. They just have not been able to do it. And you're right because of Joe Burrow. It's one of those situations where, it, again, I underscore the importance of quarterback in the NFL in today's NFL. And it's a great example of that. Evan, the other thing here with that division is the Pittsburgh Steelers, another disappointing team. You look at what they're able to do on offense, which is almost nothing. And then on defense, they're giving up the run. The only team that they haven't given up more than 140 yards on the ground to was of course your Las Vegas Raiders who only gained 69 yards on them. But this, this team can't get it right on offense. Of course, now Kenny Pickett hurt uh, and then on defense, they seemed seemingly can't get it together either. And now they got to host the Baltimore Ravens where, I mean, imagine this, you're, you're in the first weekend of October, pretty much second week in October, technically. And, and the Ravens, I think can pretty much wrap up the, the division title. Now I know the crazy things can happen and I know it's early, but I really believe that because if they go to four and in the division, and, and they've beat every team in the division once already, who's going to come back? It's not going to be Pittsburgh. It's not going to be Cincinnati. Cleveland with that defense, perhaps. But, boy, this division has ended up a lot worse than we ever anticipated it would be. Absolutely. I thought the NFC – or excuse me, the AFC North was going to be the best division in football. And I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be one of the sleeper teams in the league this year. They had a great preseason. The offense looked great in the preseason. I think what we've learned uh, is that the preseason is much different than the regular season, obviously. Uh, But I was expecting a major step forward from Kenny Pickett. We have not seen that. Uh, And I think a big part of the problem is the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. It doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin is going to make any changes. Uh, he's not going to fire the, the coach. Uh, it seems like he's he has his support. I'm not so sure I agree with that, but just really underperforming right now this offense. There's a lot of young talent with Najee Harris and Pickens and, and yeah. the tight end. And There's just a lot of talent there, but they just have not been able to put it together. So to me, you have to look at the person who's in charge of the offense, and that's the offensive coordinator. So... Uh, I don't know if it'll last the whole season if if it continues to go the way it is, but right now Tomlin's gonna is gonna keep him on board. Yeah, absolutely. For now, for now, got a promotion mm-hmm. even, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. We're whipping around the AFC today. How about that? That it just happened on accident. We're gonna hit the AFC South and the AFC West in a minute, but this game coming up this week: San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys. Of course, it's in Santa Clara. 
and uh, these are two big teams headed for a collision course in what should be a great game against two great defenses and some offenses that can also sling the ball around. We're going to take a quick break when we come back here on the NFL Playbook podcast. We're going to be joined by Al Sacco. He talks, he's going to talk to us, I should say, about the 49ers. He covers the 49ers and uh, with the No Huddle podcast. So we're going to go out to the the right coast. No, is that the right coast? Yeah, it is the right coast. No, it's the left coast. Sorry. See, I get my directions all mixed up. It's going to be the left coast. We're going to go out to San Francisco, the Bay Area, and talk to Al right after the break. You're with Evan and Scott. This is Sports Knots NFL Playbook Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, NFL Playbook Podcast. Evan Grote, Scott Branson, back with you. Of course, brought to you by SportsKnot.com. Make sure you check out the website. All your NFL news all the time. So, so get up there. You can read some of my stuff when I occasionally write. I write with crayons, so be careful. But we're back. We're talking football. And, of course, this weekend's marquee matchup is, of course, the Dallas Cowboys heading to Santa Clara Levi Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers. And to talk about that, we're bringing on our special guest right now, and that is Al Sacco. He hosts he hosts the Huddle, No Huddle podcast, I should say, uh, for Odyssey covering the 49ers. Al, thanks for being with us here on the NFL Playbook podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, let's jump in. I mean, this team, uh, the 49ers, through, through the first four weeks, no question to me, uh, the best team in the NFL, not only because of the great defense and what they're doing there, but also offensively, you're seeing them wielded. You, the, the Cowboys are coming in this game. We'll get into the matchup in a second, but the Cowboys, to me, a lot of defense and the offense a little suspect. Talk about where this team is at compared to what, what you thought, covering it every day, what you thought this season would start off as and what it's really become and the domination you've seen from the 49ers so far. I'll be honest with you. I was a little worried at first in the offseason because there was a little bit of drama there with the Trey Lance stuff and Sam Darnold and, and is Purdy going to be healthy with all this quarter, the quarterback drama. And then you had the Bosa holdout. So it just seemed like there was some kind of bad sort of juju with the team in the, in the offseason and the preseason. But then as soon as the whistle blew in week one, it was just all systems go. I mean, they looked like a team with a mission firing on all sides of the ball. Um, you know, they blow Pittsburgh out. They haven't really looked back since. And the team definitely, I think they understand the assignment. George Kittle talked about a little bit earlier how, you know, there could be two years left with the window with a lot of these guys. And the time is now. Mm-hmm. And this team is playing like it. The team is playing like they have a goal to win the Super Bowl this year. And it's it's just all systems go. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey helps a lot. But having a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan trusts and is a good fit in the system has has helped balance things out with a defense that's been strong for years. You know, Al, you, you mentioned the quarterback. Uh, Brock Purdy's off to an incredible start to his career. Still has not lost a game yet as a starting quarterback. Um, I keep I keep asking myself, when, when is this when a, when is this Cinderella story going to come to an end here? We're talking about a seventh round draft pick here. Um, and the question that I, that I asked, you know, myself and other people I talked to Brock Purdy about is, you know, I want to see more of him in big games, high pressure moments. I know we, we did see him in two playoff games yeah. last year, uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward forward to see how he responds in this big game against this, this really good defense of Dallas. Uh, how, how do you think he will respond to that, to this game, to this, this challenge? Well, I think, like you said, he has been battle tested in the playoffs. And the biggest thing for me with him in the playoffs is the first, the first half against Seattle, he did not play well at all. He looked jittery 
and then he comes out of the second half. You know, we've seen a lot of rookies fold in, in that situation. He came out and he was terrific in the second half. And I, I use the Dallas game example in the divisional game as, as a pitcher who doesn't necessarily have his best stuff, but he still battles and gets outs. That's sort of what Purdy looked like to me in that game. The Niners offensive line wasn't blocking well the first three quarters. He was under pressure. He had a couple iffy throws, but then he made big throws when it counted. The rollout throw to Kittle was a big throw. And then what, what showed me how much faith Shannon has in Purdy is at the end of that game, they had two third and shorts. It was maybe a third and two, third and one, whatever it was. But he had Purdy throw in both of those situations, and Purdy converted both of those. And you've seen in the past, he didn't always really trust, trust Garoppolo. And even early this season, he's just been really unflappable. The, game, the Rams came out, and I think they were up 17 to 10 going to uh, the end of the second quarter, and Purdy drives them right down the field. Perfectly cool. The Giants game got close. The Cardinals game got close. And Purdy just, he never wavers. So this is certainly going to be the biggest um, regular season game for him. And, and we'll see how that goes. But there's been nothing that he's done to me that where I think that he, that he's going to struggle. He leads the NFL in QBR right now, 84.5. He has the highest passer rating, 115.1. Third best in completion percentage, 72.3. He's eighth in yards, a little over 1,000 uh, yards per attempt, 9.1 is second. And um, he has not thrown a pick. He only has three picks so far in, his, in the games where he's played extended time, which I think we're up to 12 now. So that's that's pretty impressive in itself. So Dallas has a great defense. Could there be some negative plays? Absolutely. Nobody's perfect. But there's nothing in his past performance that makes me think he's he's going to be shook at all. It's incredible. I mean, last week, uh, uh, 20 to 21, right? 95%, the highest yeah. percentage. I mean, it, it was insane uh, what he was doing on the field and, and to see that again. Now, for him to be successful against Dallas, uh, his offensive line there in San Francisco is going to have to deal with that defensive front of the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. Micah Parsons, of course. Uh, talk a little bit about why that unit's been so successful. They've had a, they had a little retooling over the last couple of years, but it seems to have really solidified. And boy, are they playing at a high level because they're given the time Brock Purdy needs uh, to deal the ball. And so talk a little bit about that matchup and what you expect. Well, having Trent Williams helps, right, on, on the left side. But I, I think where they're better than people thought they were going to be, Aaron Banks really stepped up and, and he's turned into a solid guard. Jake Brendel, not a lot of people know who he is, but he's a good center. There are some issues on the right side. Um, McKivitz can be a little can be a little iffy. Uh, T.J. Watt, I think, had three sacks going against him. So that does scare me a little bit, and Burford, too. So that right side is where you're going to see the pressure come from, I think. But again, Purdy has shown – I mean, he's got a safety valve in McCaffrey. He's got weapons everywhere where he can just get rid of the ball. He's very smart with it, moving within the pocket. Um, he's very smart when he, he has a hot read to get the ball out. And again, there's enough playmakers here where I think Kyle's, I think Kyle's going to try to run the ball. Arizona ran for over 200 yards against this Cowboys defense. So I think that is going to be the approach in the game, the game plan, but also they're going to, there's going to be a lot of quick throws, you know, a lot of those screens that you see, I think Kyle will make sure that he gets the ball out to try to neutralize guys like Parsons and, and that strong uh, Dallas front. Al, I got another one for you. You know, you talked about some of the weapons that the 49ers have on offense. And, and right now, Christian McCaffrey is playing as well as any of them. He has to be in the conversation mm -hmm. right now for, for MVP after the four touchdown performance last week. I kind of want to ask you a picture, more of a big picture question. I, I see that he leads all NFL running backs right now with 80 carries. He also has 18 receptions. He's well on pace for over 400 touches right now. You know, you look at some of his uh, injury history. He was, you know, he played in all 17 games last year, but the two seasons prior to that, he 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 did miss some games. 
do you expect that Shanahan will, will try to sprinkle in a little bit more of the uh, other running backs as well to make sure that he is fresh and healthy for for the playoff run? I think he has to at some point. Right now, kind of Kyle, it kind of feels like he's just got a kid with a toy that that's that's all he wants to use, right? <laughs> like he just wants to keep giving him the ball. And also, the Shanahan's have a relationship with the McCaffreys. I think he's trying to get him to have the best season possible. I think he's trying to get him Offensive Player of the Year, maybe even get him in the MVP conversation. So, but the goal is for him to play twenty games, right? For the Niners to get the bye get to the Super Bowl and they have to keep him healthy for that. So eventually I think that they're going to have to back off people. I remember when they made this trade, I think ESPN gave it a C minus And the, the issue was that McCaffrey had played 10, had played 10 games in the previous two years. So he did have some injuries and it came off a season where he had over, over 400 touches. And then the next two years he's banged up. So they do have to take the foot off the gas a little bit. And I suspect he'll do that as the season wears on. Um, but the most important thing is that McCaffrey is healthy in January and, and hopefully in the Super Bowl. Now, what about Javarius Ward? We heard he's he's been hurt. Um, what's the status of of him for this game, uh, based on your understanding from from today? So he didn't practice today, which is Wednesday here. So we'll have to see as the week goes on. He didn't practice. Greenlaw didn't practice. Debo did in a limited capacity. Uh, Debo didn't even have a reception last game. I think they were kind of using him as a decoy because he's not healthy right now. So we'll see as the week goes on. Um, definitely a concern <clears throat> because they need they need word out there, but um, we'll know more on Friday on that. What about Nick Bosa? I mean, he missed all of training camp. Uh, he only has one sack right now, kind of off to a slow start, which is mm. to be expected when you miss that much time in, in training camp. But uh, is he starting to show signs of his old self? I think so. He's been really good. If you look at the metrics, he's been really good. Um, it doesn't show in the stat sheet, like you said, just one sack, right, that he has so far. But his pressure rate is good. All his PFF grades are good. And he's even said himself he's still working his way back into it. So he'll be better in the second half of the season than, than he is now. But just his presence on the field is huge for the Niners. Um, he makes all the people around him better. But I feel like the defense in general really hasn't hit their stride yet. And they've only given up. 58 points or whatever it is. But I feel like they have new coordinator in Steve Wilkes. Uh, Bosa still getting his feet underneath him. This is going to be a better unit second half of the season as long as they stay healthy. And when you have an offense scoring 30 points every game, that's scary for the rest of the league. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, so tell us, before we let you go, um, this team, I mean, are you – you look at what they've been able to do early in the season. And, of course, as Evan and I were talking about in the previous segment before you joined us, just in general in the NFL, you know, the great equalizer, unfortunately, happens to be injury. And, and if people mm. stay healthy, you talked about the 49ers actually getting players back. Um, what's your outlook the rest of the way? Here we are a quarter of the way through the season. They look unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, do you see anything that can get in the way of them really getting to where they want to be, which is a Super Bowl, at the very least, the NFC Championship game? Really only injuries at this point. And, and I'm, if I don't know how familiar people are with me, but I tend to lean on the pessimistic side of things and you can always think about what can go wrong. And even this year, I'm just like, if they stay healthy, they're loaded. They're just, they have weapons everywhere. The defense is good. And like I said, you finally seen with Garoppolo before this team had trouble scoring points. So they'd have a lot of games where it's 20 to 13. Now they're putting up 30 every game. So as long as they stay like this on this side, both sides of the ball, they're going to be tough to beat. Detroit looks good. I don't know if they're in the Super Bowl conversation yet. Dallas, we'll find out. The Cowboys are kind of the Cowboys, and the Niners have really contained Prescott in the two playoff games. Yes. Philly's loaded. So I think Philly's the test for them to get to the Super Bowl, and then there's obviously some strong teams in the AFC. But I think the only thing that could stop the Niners right now are injuries or the Niners. Well, there you go. It's going to be exciting to see the rest of the way. And 
We'll catch up with you, Al, later in the season as we as we see this juggernaut so far rolling through the NFC. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Make sure you check out the No Huddle Podcast, obviously, if you are interested in watching and listening to 49er News. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. There you go. Al from the No Huddle Podcast. Evan, I mean, man, they, they are loaded. It's hard. Uh, there's a picture behind you there for those of the, you watching on YouTube of George Kittle, I think, right up in your corner. There, you got everybody covered today. Um, That's McCaffrey, actually. I mean, it is McCaffrey, 33. Okay, there you go. <laughs> we got it. See, my old eyes can't see it. But anyway, so so you you look at this team, and man, I'm excited for this game on Sunday because I really think that we're going to see a knockdown drag out. I, I like San Francisco in the game because I just think that their offense is better than, than Dallas's offense, and they have a better quarterback, they have a better supporting cast, better offensive line, and I think that's going to win out for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and he mentioned the two previous meetings with these teams were both games that took place in the in the postseason. He talked about how the 49ers defense has done a really good job of, of containing Dak Prescott. And I have some numbers here that I want to share with you guys. In those two games combined, um, he has a passer rating, Prescott, of 66.7. He's averaging about wow. 230 yards passing per game and three interceptions in those two games. So they've done a good job of slowing him down. And I do expect that'll be the case. I also like San Francisco in this game. I just think they got too much talent on offense. I think they got the better team overall. And I just don't trust the combination of Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy in a big game too many times. We have seen this and they've come up short and they fell flat in these big games. I expect that to be the case again uh, on Sunday night. I do too. Even though I picked the 49ers to be the most disappointing team of the season <laughs> before the season started. And I picked the Cowboys to go to the world, to the Super Bowl. So what do I well, know? Why are you yeah. listening to me on this podcast? No, <laughs> it, it goes to show you, you, you make, you, you look at things, how they are. I just thought the hype around the 49ers was too high, but boy, have they lived up to every single bit of it. And you got to give them credit for that. But uh, well said, Evan. All right. We're going to take our final break here on the NFL playbook podcast. When we come back, we're going to rip, whip around the rest of the AFC. We talked about the AFC North. We talked about the AFC East. We'll talk a little bit about the South. And then, of course, the AFC West, which continues to be very interesting. Uh, we'll do that all when we come back here, of course, with Evan, with Scott. This is the NFL Playbook Podcast from SportsNot.com. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the NFL Playbook Podcast from SportsNot.com. I'm your host, Scott Cobranson, along with my co-host, the effervescent, wonderfully <laughs> chipper Evan Grote. Evan, man, you ready? You ready to continue? That was a good conversation on the 49ers. Thanks to Al Sacco for being with us again and giving us some insight there into what is a really great team. And, yes, we're going to have to talk about the Eagles. Maybe we have somebody on from about the Eagles next week. Um, but the Eagles, you know, the Eagles are interesting to me, Evan, because as good as they are in so many spots, the offense has been meh. Like, Jalen Hurts loved the kid. Just hasn't been the Jalen Hurts reason. Now, he was sick last week. I get it. But um, I'm still waiting for them to kind of reach their full potential. Yeah, well, you have to remember, they lost both of their coordinators this past offseason. Yes. They're now head coaches with other teams. I think that's a big factor in, in what we're seeing happen in, in, with the Eagles. And, and if you're an Eagles fan, the good news is they're not playing their best football, and they're still 4-0. So eventually, <laughs> they're going to hit their stride. Yeah. And, and things are going to get better. So that, good that's point. a good problem to have. It sure is. All right, we're going to take our trip around the AFC 
Uh, that's what we decided to do this week. Go down to the AFC South. And the AFC South, to me, Evan, is all about C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Look, this oh, yeah. team was going to be awful. They were going to be awful. Stroud, rookie quarterback, you don't expect these guys, just like we've seen with Bryce Young in Carolina, you don't expect these guys to go out and win MVP in their rookie year. You expect them to go through the rookie the rookie doldrums, the mistakes, learning the speed of the game, throwing interceptions, all that kind of jazz. C.J. Stroud still has not thrown an interception. He has not only turned the ball over once. He got hit on a, a early in the first week um, got from the blind side and fumbled the ball. Other than that, he hasn't turned the ball over. He just continues to put up yards. He continues to break records. Not only that, he has emerged as a full-born leader on that team, which you would expect from your franchise quarterback. But people thought this team might have trouble winning two or three games. They've already won two. They're two and two. And I'm just really impressed. And to me, they're the class of that division right now. I know you have Anthony Richardson in Indy, and you have some other great players around there. But to me, um, I like Houston here. And I think I think they're going to actually be a spoiler when it comes to later in the season. Yeah. You know, talking about the AFC South, I thought the Jaguars were just going to roll did. through that. Yeah. You know, I thought they would roll through that division, uh, especially when you have two rookie quarterbacks with the Colts and, and the Texans. You, you just thought they would struggle. And you know what? They're at the top of the division. So um, Stroud <laughs> has looked great. Uh, he's got a great uh, rapport right now with Nico Collins, one of his ride receivers. They're just, they're crushing it right now. Um, and he looks like he's, you know, those three quarterbacks, Bryce Young in Carolina and, and Richardson in the Colts, those three are going to forever be linked together. Sure. He's off to the early lead as far as, you know, who, who, who was the better of the draft picks. He's doing, he's doing really well, breaking rookie records and, and whatnot, as you mentioned. So um, I hope to see it continue. I like him. And, you know, I've talked a lot about this. I'm not so sure you agree about, agree with this, but there has not been a lot of Ohio State quarterbacks who have translated to being successful NFL quarterbacks. He might be the first one here if he can continue this. Yeah, and but but see, I think that's that's what I always got in arguments about that because I always said you, you scout the player, not the helmet. Yeah, like I can I can challenge people who have that discussion with me around. Tell me a college that produces significantly number number of successful NFL quarterbacks. You can't anymore. They're all over the place now. It used to yeah. be back in the day. Before your time, Evan, there were a couple schools you, and you saw quarterbacks come out of there, right? Not so much anymore. The way the way the NCAA football has gotten and the way the systems are run. I mean, look at the run Alabama's been on. Who have they really put in the NFL, right? Now you got Bryce Young, of course. Uh, you had Tua for a while there as well, and he's obviously doing well. But but it's not like it's a quarterback factory. I mean that these these just don't exist. But but exciting to watch Houston there. We have some stories up on sportsnot.com, by the way, about that and an interview I did with Brooks Cabina uh, last week about him. So go check those out. Those are pretty good stuff. Uh, now we go out to your favorite division, Evan, where your beloved Raiders reside, and that is the AFC West. The AFC West again is all about the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the Denver Broncos. Boy, I just, you know, you you saw Sean Payton walk in there. You would have thought that he was going to walk on water, turn water into wine, all the other kind of stuffs you want to use, stuff you want to use as being some sort of superhero. But you can't have a coach come in and who doesn't have enough talent and win football games. Clearly, the seven seventy point mollywop by the Denver Broncos is one thing. Uh, and now they went in and they did beat the Bears. They finally found a team worse than them. 
<laughs> but that Bronco team, I, I, I think what's going to happen here, because they are all in on Sean Payton, and I get it. I think they're going to turn that roster over because they don't have enough talent, and clearly they don't have guys who want to play it the Sean Payton way. Yeah, and, and you're starting to see some of that roster turnover already. They cut Randy Gregory, who was one of their marquee free agent signings just, a, I think, a year ago. Yep. Uh, $70 million contract. They let him go. So, yeah, you're going to start to see a, a makeover here, I think. I think they know that uh, you know this season is, is a complete wash. You know they're they're kind of locked in with with Russell Wilson as their quarterback right now. Uh, depending on where they finish up in the standings, who knows if they're able to draft a young quarterback? That would probably be a a route that would be recommended for them. But yeah, just a total disappointment there in Denver. I thought the things were going to be much better. I thought Peyton would make a much uh, more of a, a positive impact early on, but he's got a lot of work ahead of him. That roster is not very good right now. And so we'll see if he can get things turned around at all this season. It'll be interesting. Now, the Chargers, we saw the Chargers beat the Raiders this past Sunday, not looking good. They had um, two of their defenders, Derwin James and, of course, Bosa out for the game with injuries. They've been horrible against the run, horrible against the pass. But when you call the doctor, the football doctor, and you say, hey, I got these problems, the doctor prescribes to you the the Las Vegas Raiders because then the Raiders (laughs) come in. And they were able to eke out a win, even though the Raiders had the ball at the four-yard line late in the game to tie it up before the rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, who played pretty well except for his turnovers. Um, he threw an interception to end the game basically right there. Um, the Chargers, though, boy, I don't know. Brandon Staley with another another fourth down in his own territory in a close game against the Raiders, does it, gambles, gets it. Doesn't get it, I should say, right? Gets gets back to what he always does, and it seems like yeah. his team has the ball. They're winning. All you have to do is punt it and play defense, right? Instead, he goes for it and gives the Raiders a chance, and the Raiders were just too hapless to take advantage. I just don't see this guy lasting. And, I mean, you look at the, the this talent on that Charger team and a coach who's unable to get the most out of it, especially a guy who's a defensive guru, they called him, and the defense is not very good. So I don't I don't see a long-term fit there. I don't think he's going to last. I don't think he'll last through the season, Evan. I don't know if this team's going to get anywhere close to the playoffs just because of the way it's managed. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. And I I thought they should have moved on from him last year after that, that terrible playoff loss where they blew that huge lead. If there was ever an opportunity to do it, last year was your opportunity. You could have tried to lure in Sean Payton. And I bet you Sean Payton... Um, you know, might be regretting not being a little bit more patient, you know, giving Staley another year to fall, (laughs) to fail, (laughs) I should say. Uh, And then maybe having that job become available. But yeah, I mean, when is he going to quit relying on the analytics? Because it's not working. I mean, I know they did win the game the last each of the last two weeks, but there's going to be a point in time where the defense doesn't bail him out for making that terrible decision. And he's lucky he was playing a team like the Raiders uh, who had Josh McDaniels then go down to the uh, four yard line uh, with two minutes and 39 seconds on the clock when maybe he should have ran the ball on first down with Josh Jacobs rather than, you know, put the ball into the hands of his rookie quarterback who ended up throwing that, that interception that really kind of iced the game. So, um, you know, I'm not a fan of, of the decisions that Brandon Staley makes, and I agree with you. I don't know if he makes it out of this season. Uh, you know, this team is underachieving. The roster is very good, as you mentioned. I know they do have some injuries, but, 
underperforming team. And I think he he's their, their worst enemy is, is the head coach. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very interesting. And, and, and I think in talking to folks uh, with the chargers, they say that, you know, this guy has an opportunity. If he get if he gets past, he's got to win a playoff game to keep his job basically. So we'll yeah. see if he can last the whole season. Uh, but the Raiders will finish with them. We both do a Raiders show separately as well. So we're very familiar with the team. This Raiders team, uh, you know, there a lot of the owner, Mark Davis, uh, preaching patience in the offseason. We get into the season, and this thing seems to be going backwards. The offensive line has regressed terribly. They can't get Josh Jacobs to run the ball like he used to. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out with an injury. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell comes in. He's a rookie. What do you expect? We talked about that earlier. And it just seems like there's no part of this team. Sands, the defensive front, who actually did have a very good game against the Chargers for once, and Max Crosby, who's just, you know, a football god. Um, outside of that, uh, it doesn't seem like there's much positive. It's hard to talk to Raider Nation oh. and talk to Raider fans because you want to give them some hope, but I just don't see what's going on. I don't understand the plan there, Evan. Yeah, do we have to talk about the Raiders, Scott? Or can we can we just skip this one? <laughs> we can move on. We, you rather talk about politics. That'd be less less Yeah, confusing. yeah. No, no politics either. But yeah, it's it's a it's a tough time to be a Raiders fan right now. Um, you know, I preached patience as well all off season when it came to the conversation of, of Josh McDaniels, but it's it's getting more difficult for me to do that because you're just not seeing any signs of growth in any area of this team right now. I thought they would be better in the red zone with Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not, you know, speaking of Garoppolo, he brings in his guy. They decide to move on from Derek Carr, which I was fine with. Uh, they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and the offense has is, is gotten worse. So that that's not a good sign. Uh, we've talked, they talked all off season long in preseason about wanting to fix the lack of turnovers. They were, that was a big emphasis throughout training camp. They have the worst turnover differential in the NFL right now. They've only got one interception on the season. Some of the young players that they drafted in this year's draft off to a really slow start. Some of the guys they brought in last year through the draft are not showing signs of progress. So I thought ultimately he would be evaluated um, not necessarily on wins and losses, but the development of the young players on the roster. Um, but the way things are going, the way they're losing games, some of the decisions that he's making, it's hard to recover from that. And, you know, at some point I do wonder if he'll begin to lose the locker room. And once mm. you lose the locker room and the players aren't buying in, then it's, you, you can't come back from that. So um, I do think he'll, he'll last through the season, uh, but I don't know if he'll make it to a third season at this point. Yeah, it's it's tough out there, and you feel bad for the fan base. Uh, but uh, they have some bright spots. Clearly, some some talent on that team. We talked about Jacobs. We talked about, of course, Devonte Adams. To me, the best receiver in football, along with Max Crosby on the defensive side, um, and 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 our good friend Brian ba Brian Baldinger talking about Tyree Wilson, their number one draft pick from this year. Some some tough film. I, the 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 the, yeah. the the just absolute butt kicking from a wide receiver, Keenan Allen. Of the Chargers just laid him out. Yeah, I saw that. And he saw that clip. End. I mean, that's embarrassing. So we'll see. But he is a kid. He, everybody knew he's going to be a little raw. So we'll see what they're able to do. But there you go. That's our trip around the AFC. Now, Evan, the schedule of games, of course, tonight we have the Commanders and the Bears on Thursday Night Football. And then the rest of the weekend, you know, some, some games that are intriguing to me, if you look at it, uh, I want to see how far the Giants can devolve. 
because they're playing the Dolphins in Miami this week, right? And yep. they can't protect their quarterback. The quarterback and coach don't seem like they're getting along. So, so very interesting. I talked earlier about the Ravens and the Steelers, big game in the AFC North. Uh, and then, of course, you have um, the Jets in Denver, which is another interesting game to me. And, of course, the Cowboys and the 49ers. Um, that Cowboy 49er game we talked about with Al, any way the Cowboys go in there and steal this game, what are you thinking? You know, again, to me, it, it comes down to a trust factor. And, I, I, I'm, you know, we've seen so many times where Prescott – just comes up short in, in these big games. I, I also, I, I'm not a huge fan of Mike McCarthy. Um, even going back to his days with green Bay, I'm not a fan of him. Um, I think some of his game management decisions are questionable at times. And so in a big game like this against a very, very good team like San Francisco on the road, I just can't trust them in, in a situation like this. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, going to go with the 49ers. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win by a touchdown or maybe even maybe even two touchdowns, to be perfectly honest. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I do too. I think they're just that much better. Uh, not you know, The Cowboys just cannot move it on offense. That's, that's my biggest concern. That defense is great. Defense will keep them in the game. Uh, I think the game will actually be a lower scoring game than we're used to seeing. Uh, but we'll see. Also, I like the Lions. The Lions are playing the winless Carolina Panthers. The Lions could go to four and one, Evan. Four and one in that division where you have uh, where, where's the rest of that division? Okay, so you have uh, I'm looking it up here. We've got the the zero and four Bears, correct? Zero four Bears. And, and the Packers two and two. They're facing yep. the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. And then the Vikings are one and three. Now the Vikings, I don't think, yeah. have any business being one and three. I think they're too talented, but whatever's going on there, if the Vikings lose again, which seemingly they should, they're playing the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs, you know what? I don't know if you watched that game against the Jets, Evan, but the Chiefs— They're not the same old Chiefs. They're not the same old Chiefs. The offense is not—the defense has improved. The offense just doesn't seem like it's clicking like it used to. Even, yeah, you got Travis Kelsey and all that, and I know people blamed it early on the wide receivers, but overall it doesn't seem like Patrick Mahomes is in his rhythm yet. Yeah, I, I do think there's some some chinks in the armor uh, in Kansas City. Um, I actually was listening to the radio this morning, and, and someone was suggesting maybe it has a little bit to, to do with Eric Bieniemy not not there calling ah, the plays or yes. helping to call the plays and design game plans. Um, and I and I also think that Travis Kelsey, as great as he is, we all know he's a future Hall of Famer. He's starting to show some signs of slowing down as well. And and I just don't know if if um, outside of Kelsey, if there's anyone there, you know, they're not getting the, the, um, what they thought they would get from sky Moore, the second year player. And there's not really a, a, a big threat there outside of Kelsey. So I know you right. mentioned Kansas city as the top team in the AFC, and maybe I'm a little biased here cause I'm surrounded by bills <laughs> fans, but, but I think Buffalo, in my opinion, uh, I had to disagree with you there. I think yeah. Buffalo is, is the number one is the top team in the AFC based on what I've seen now through a quarter yeah. of the season. And I think there's a fair argument for that. I just think until the chiefs aren't, they are like, I don't know. I, that's just, yeah, no, that makes on, sense based on the several years. Now, if the bills continue, like they are playing right now over the next four weeks, no question. I would think they'd be a better team because they have better weapons. They're, I think a more complete team. Um, but Andy Reid's also an advantage, so we'll see how that all runs out. But mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting weekend again. It ends with Monday Night Football, the Packers at the Raiders, another team I will not pick to win a game until they actually do, and that is the Raiders because I just don't know if they're possible or able to, I should say. So we'll see. But um, 
that's going to close it out, man. We're done. We're done with a sec- our second show. It's only going to get better. No, we, we're doing a good show. I love it. But uh, thanks to Al Sacco from the No Huddle Podcast uh, from Odyssey covering the 49ers out in the Bay Area. We certainly appreciate him being with us. And Evan, uh, we will be back next week with another great guest, another great show. And if you're good, may, may, maybe, just maybe. Is that a projector behind you? No, I thought I thought it was a, an overhead projector. You're going to fire the Raiders coach. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Just I had, to give, I? I had to give you some crap, right? It's just the <laughs> way it goes. But anyway, um, we'll uh, we'll see everybody next week. Make sure you follow Evan on X.com, egroat5, egroat5, egroat5 as well. You can also listen to him on the Just Pod Baby podcast. Yes, yep. he has a Raiders podcast uh, as well as being a, a video producer here at sportsnot.com. So make sure you check his stuff out. You can also follow me on X.com, LV Gully. Uh, I write up on the site. I actually do videos, so you'll see me in a bunch of different videos. You'll also hear me on Silver and Black Today, which is a Raiders podcast from Odyssey as well. We're busy dudes, man. What can we say? Football junkies. My wife doesn't love it, but hey, you're tough. <laughs> she knew that going into the wedding. <laughs> That's right. She knew. She knew what she was getting into. That's right. I love That's it. That's right. All right. Do us a favor. Make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel. Put put comments down below too. As tell us what you thought about the show and what you think about uh, the guest. Everything there. Uh, make sure you also hit the notifications bell. Every time we have a new show, you'll get notified. We are also live audio wise. If you like to listen to us on the way into work in the morning. On, fr- on Thursday morning, because the show comes out on Thursday morning or Friday morning, if you want to wait, you can do that and you can get it wherever you get your audio. So on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, Amazon. So you can say, hey, Alexa, play Evan in his basement. No, just <laughs> just say just say NFL Playbook Podcast and it'll play for you. So we're, we're there. I mean, Evan, we're just ubiquitous. I didn't know we were on Amazon. I can do that with my Alexa. I can go upstairs and. Can. I can say play play NFL. Oh, I'm you, gonna try you can it. Go upstairs and say to your wife, say, "Hey, honey, if you ever miss me, just say, hey, Alexa, play NFL Playbook <laughs> podcast.'" And then your voice will come on, and she'll feel like you're right there. <laughs> I don't think she's gonna miss me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan, my man. I will talk to you next week. All right, I'm looking forward to it, Scott. All right, for everybody here at SportsNot.com. Oh yeah, by the way, go check out SportsNot.com. I'm Scott Cobranson, and we appreciate you guys being with us. We'll talk to you next time here on the NFL Playbook podcast from SportsNot. Take care.